Man, oh man, what a great night it's been so far. Let's pray and we'll uh, continue worshiping. Father, we love you and we praise your name today. Lord, thank you for the musicians on this stage, those who have prayed prayers, they've read scripture, those who have, um, have, have helped us see this evening the way you long for us to see, and Lord, that we would indeed be in the position to receive freedom and to be set free from sin, shame, fear, um, condemnation, doubt, all of those things, Lord, as we call on your name tonight. Lord, hallelujah that you reign. Lord, may we let you reign in our life. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free to choose or reject you. And Lord, I pray tonight that you will compel every one of us to place our primary trust in you and you alone. We love you and we praise your name. We pray this through the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, many of you may remember um, these three children that you'll see in my arms here. Uh, this is Samaya, Naraya, and Sincere. And you guys may or may not remember, some of you will definitely remember the three of them. Uh, this was one of our foster placements years ago, and this picture was taken. It was a difficult night because the, this day, um, as I sit in the corner of our house on Brown Street, those of you that remember Brown Street back in the day, whoop, whoop, right? And, uh, and so anyway, um, uh, I sat in this corner of, of our house because on this day, this was the day that, um, well, first of all, Sorry about my receding hairline hair thing that you see going on in this picture. Uh, this was uh, round one of cancer for Rachel, and so we were in the process of kind of navigating chemotherapy and all that kind of stuff at this time, and also thought um, that these three would become part of our family forever. And, uh, and so all roads kind of led down this path. It's not that we sought this out, it's that we just... We'd always been open to adoption, but weren't ever sure if it was really going to happen or not. And uh, uh, we, just, we just said, we're open to it if that's what's in the best interest of the children. And so um, here we are, CPS, CASA, everybody was all saying that it looks like it's going in this direction. And so we find ourselves sitting in court on this very day. And as we go into court, we fully understood that the outcome of the court date would probably result in the unfortunate reality that is when a parent's rights are terminated for a child. And so it's not a day of celebration. It's a day of mourning and a very difficult day um, because you can't imagine somebody telling you you're not fit to be their parent anymore that you gave birth to. And there was their mother in court that day and we walked into this courtroom and when we left the courtroom that day, what seemed to be a day that that was going to be the outcome. We then would get to come alongside this mom in caring for her children forever and ever, hoping to have relationship ongoing and all of that. It was a, just a myriad of emotion. We walked out that day from court with a, we had 24 hours to bring these three children to their mother in which Child Protective Services would not be overseeing them at all. It was a, it was an emotional shift that none of us saw coming. Nobody, CPS, cost anything. But for whatever reason, the judge that day saw that the very best outcome for these three children was for them to be returned to their mother. 
And so we go home that night and in a hurried fashion, we're packing all of their things up and we took this picture. And of course, they had no idea really what was going on. This is just how they were whenever they were in our home. You know, and so... And so we took this picture, and you can see the look on my face. Scotty got a little bit of an uh, interesting look uh, about it because it was, a, it was a difficult kind of reality because their father was incarcerated at the time. And the father was the reason uh, that the children had been removed because there had been abuse uh, in their home. And the mom continued to seek out relationship with their father. And uh, thus, it was seen that she was not fit because she was not protecting the children from the abuse. And so, so here we are, and we're like, oh my goodness, he's incarcerated. When he gets out of prison, likely things are going to go south again. He's going to get out. She's going to come back to him. They're going to get together. Abuse is going to happen all over again. And that was not in the best interest of the children. But we couldn't see the full picture. We could only see in part. And so there's this emotional just reality that's taking place in this time. Some of you guys, you're sitting here, you're feeling it all over again because you, you walked through this at the time. And uh, for whatever reason, this judge saw fit. And so the next day we, we run to Corsicana with these three. Well, we drove, we didn't run. But anyway, we drove to Corsicana and, uh, and we took them to their mother. We sat in her living room and we talked about the future and how we long to be alongside her if there's ever anything she ever needs and they're welcome to come and stay here and there if they'd like to do that or she'd like to do that or if she just needs some help, uh, we'd love to be alongside for that. And then when we left that day, we weren't sure what the future was going to hold. This is the story that for me personally, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I began to understand because of these three children, what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because see, not too long before this picture was taken, I had to go through an exercise in my mind because here I was, Rachel and I were married. We had three biological children. We had these three precious children that were foster to adopt children. And it looked like adoption was gonna be in our future. My wife is going, undergoing chemo. We didn't know what the outcome of that was going to be. We didn't know how long her life was going to be on this earth. And I had to have a conversation with the Lord that went something like this. Lord, I can raise these six kids on my own. But Lord, please don't make me. Please don't make me have to raise them. And then there's this return. It's like, I don't understand what's going on here, Lord. But please don't let the story be that my wife's now going to die because now I'm going to be responsible for three children, not six, because I've asked you to not let me be responsible for six. I didn't know what the future held. And I'm trying to figure all this out. And it was just pretty heart-wrenching. And it's, it's hard to think through, talk through, work through. But not knowing the future, but yet trusting the Lord with the outcome was something I... I up to that point in my life, I kind of like to define what the outcome was going to be. But here's the reason why the Lord has taught what he will make your path straight means, to trust and lean on, on your own understanding. Six months ago, Rachel is proficient at being a Facebook detective. Some of you know this. Some of you also are proficient at this expertise as well. You know, you can find long lost friends and long lost 
people you never wanted to see ever again, but you're curious about what their life is like today, all that kind of stuff. She's amazing at this, so don't mess up. She'll find you. Uh, but, but anyway, I'm just kidding. No, she's amazing. But here's the picture that they saw, that she found. Did you see who these kids are? That's Samaya, Nariah, and Sincere. Look at where they are. Church. Now, we see this picture, and it's like, man, I'm pretty sure that they're probably with their mom. Yay, they're with their mom, they're at church. And then on the same post, you got this picture. Guess who that is? <laughs> what? This is the abuser. This is the one that is the reason why these children were removed. Six years later, Rachel finds this picture of Henry. And here's Henry with his three Children, Samaya, Nariah, and Sincere. Look how much Sincere looks like his daddy. Incredible, isn't it? This right here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, deeply know him. He will make your path straight. We can trust God with the outcome because their daddy came to know Jesus. Their dad is a wonderful father now. Uh, he has been remarried and come to find out the mother, unfortunately, doesn't seem to be in the picture but the incarcerated abusive father is only by the grace of God. What did the judge see that day? I don't know, but for whatever reason, he saw something and the Lord directed this path in this way. And here is the outcome. Look at the smiles on their faces. They're like the smiles that I remember them in that corner in my living room. Joy, peace, there's happiness. And they're where they need to be. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Guess what else happened that, that during all of this? Little did we know, but the case worker of these three children was none other than a gal by the name of Kelly Autry. And Kelly was the very one who years later called Rachel Cook on one night with this little boy um, who was destined for a very difficult outcome in his life. And Rachel asked the simple question because we were kind of not quite sure what was gonna happen um, and come to find out this little boy's name was Sam Robert Kyle. You know him as Samuel David Cook. <laughs> Y'all, it's remarkable how God works and it's through stories like this that we look and we go, we can trust God. We don't know the full picture because we only can see part of the picture. God sees the full picture. And when we can't understand what's going on, God can understand and God can help make our path straight. Y'all, here we go. I took an extended time just getting started tonight because this is a really important piece of the puzzle of what we're gonna talk about this evening. Because here we are in this series of Lent where we're gonna ask the question, are we trusting in God or are we trusting in human authority in our lives? Are we trusting in God or are we trusting in our self-authority in our lives? What are we trusting in? How are our paths being made in the future? Are they in our power? Are they in God's supernatural power? How are they being made because we're focusing on God's good news. We're focusing on the one that actually does determine what's good and what is not good. And then what we're also doing is we're repenting. We're spending some time repenting of the ways that we've failed to live out God's plan 
in our lives. We're asking questions like this. Does our community recognize our church's good news? When people come in contact with you, do they experience the good news of Jesus? Or do they experience judgment? Or do they experience um, look, being looked down upon? Or do they experience just being avoided? Do they, what do the people experience when they experience you? Because you are Legacy Church. What does our community recognize our church as? And so it's, we reflect in questions like this, and hopefully it will encourage us to A, repent of areas that we've gone our own way, and uh, B, choose to reroute to God's good way. And so here we are tonight. Human power and authority are unreliable. We can agree on that. Human power and authority are unreliable. But something I hope that we can all agree on by the time we're finished this evening is this. God's good news is a source of freedom to all who put their trust in him. Now remember, last week we talked about the fact that we experience freedom in the Lord when we serve someone while we are in our own suffering. We serve someone who is suffering while we are suffering ourselves. We can experience God's freedom because we understand that things of this world they appear one way. The weight of this world feels like it is oppressive in our life. But when we trust God's good way, God gives us the ability to see our circumstances through a different lens. We then can see another person's circumstance through a different lens. We, we bring in and usher in the Prince of Peace, God's good news, and then hopefully this person then gets to experience that and then gets to carry on that same trajectory where we're experiencing that and getting outside of ourselves, serving others while we are suffering ourselves. Because that's what Jesus did, hanging on a cross for you and me. Now here we are tonight, God's good news is a source of freedom to all who put their trust in him. The question is, do we do this? Is this statement true for you? Has this been your experience? Has God's good news been a source of freedom in your life? Or has God's good news been a source of something else in your life? Have you trusted God and you feel like life is just anything but free? Or have you trusted the Lord and you've experienced this freedom in Christ? The truth is the church should model trust in God alone. There should be no trust in humanity. I know that that may sound a little bit weird, you know, but the reality is humanity is always going to let us down, right? People are always going to. I don't care how much the person loves you, they will always let you down. But we can tell you that by the time we finish tonight, you got to understand God will never let you down. You may not be able to see the full picture. And what may feel like God is letting you down, but God will never let you down. And we can be set free from the pressures of this world when we are released from expecting humans to meet our needs. Then when humans do meet our needs, it's icing on the cake. It's not the thing that makes our lives rise and fall, though. So this is an important piece of the puzzle. So tonight, Psalm 146, verses 1 through 10. This is a this psalm is a hymn of praise. And the psalmist, um, he, he works through just talking about how God, uh, this God that, that um, has this impeccable, amazing character. And it, 
He's able to affirm the fact that God's impact on this world is based upon God's immaculate and amazing character that we can trust. So let's read these first couple of verses together. Here's how it starts out. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul, for my very being, the core of who I am. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Now we're going to go on to tell, uh, tell why he says he can praise because verses one and two, and then verses 10 of this segment of scripture, they're bookending the middle verses with praise. And the implication of this is there's experience, that this psalmist has experienced a reason that he can praise God in the face of whatever's going. There's been life experience, and he is able to say, God, Yahweh, makes a huge difference in this world. We can trust God. He goes on to say in verse 3, do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. And on that very day, their plans come to nothing. Now we can attest to that, right? Because my how life moves on after death, doesn't it? We don't like to talk about that, but it does. It's amazing how life moves on and life moves on very quickly. And so we can understand if the trust is in that human being, as life moves on, it moves on with hopelessness. It moves on with tragedy. It moves on with, with all kinds of despair that takes place. We see the psalmist in this moment, kind of verses three and four, giving us this moral teaching, if you will. He's helping us understand that people that are princes, okay, people in power, people in authority in this world, they're really of no help. Because he says human capacity is fragile. The human capacity is fragile. It's unreliable. It's without staying power, which means the human capacity can't stand the test of time. It's just not possible because we're, we're not who God is. We're not who Jesus is. It says that human capacity is without breath, without life, without production capacity, which is something different than our world would say, right? We kind of pride ourselves on being very productive, the psalmist is saying, consequently, humans, humanity, they are no help in the things that matter. They are no help. Now, interestingly enough, in Psalm 146's commentary, St. Augustine, he goes on to write these words, which I've adapted a little bit so that we can understand it because he uses a lot of E's and thou's and F's and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of made it a little more readable for us. Here's what he wrote. Brethren, here we receive a mighty task. It's a voice from heaven. From above, it sounds to us. For now, through some kind of weakness, the soul of man, whenever it is in tribulation, difficulty here, despairs of God and chooses to rely on man, a person. Let it be said to one when set in some affliction, there is a great man by whom you may be set free. Well, he smiles. He rejoices in that news. He's lifted up. But if it's said to him, God frees you, it cools him down. He's chilled, so to speak, by despair. Very interesting response. The aid of mortal is promised, and you rejoice. The aid of the immortal is promised, and you are sad. 
I mean, how many times is this the case? When somebody says there's a person who's going to be able to meet your need, there's this rejoicing. But if somebody says, when you trust the Lord and lean on on your own understanding, he will make your path straight. It's like, oh man, don't Jesus juke me on this thing. It's like there's this, oh, you know why? We got trust issues. <laughs> we got serious trust issues here on this earth. I mean, he's sitting here saying there is a trust issue on our planet today, and it still exists in our time in the 21st century. There are a lot of people who would much rather place their hope in a person or a thing instead of trusting the one who can really provide freedom. The one who can give the eyes to see this world the way that we can see the world. And it'd be the true way of seeing things. It's really amazing. Now, this psalm really touches every phase of human life. It doesn't matter what generation we're talking about. The question remains, where will people place their trust? Where do people place their trust? Is it in democracy? Is it in the presidency? We place our trust in the promise of science and technology in order to solve problems here on this earth? Is our trust in military might, maybe? Or maybe our trust is in ourselves. Nobody else, it's in ourselves. Because really can't trust anybody else. Where will people place their trust? Is it in the financial security that a person can create for themselves? Is that where our trust will be placed? If we read between the lines of this psalm, here's what the psalmist is saying. To be wicked means to be self-ruled. Now that flies in the face of what we're talking about on this earth, right? I mean, success is pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get to, bit, get to work. Success is you rely on you, you create your outcome. If you don't, that's on you. This psalmist says, if you are self-reliant, you are wicked. Because self-reliance, you're relying on something that is sinful. You're relying on something that is imperfect. You're relying on something that is wishy-washy. Just look at our emotions. Talk about wishy-washy. We can go from on high to down low just like that. And we rely on ourselves to chart our course. No, that's far from the truth. The psalmist is helping us understand that. Now, the psalmist is also in stark contrast to our culture because our culture says, our culture says, no, 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 no. We are a self-made man. We are a self-made woman. We pride ourselves on our own constructive reality and creativity. And it's a positive thing to be said self-made. The psalmist is saying, that's not positive. That's not positive at all. Because the psalmist says, no, 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 it's the God-centered man, the God-made man, the God-made woman, instead of the self-made. That's where it comes down. And these are not just semantics. I know that sometimes they're like, yeah, but self-made, it's by God's power. No, no, no. No. To be righteous means that a person and one's life primarily depends on God. 
Not that we primarily depend on ourselves with a little bit of God sprinkled in there so that we can give credit to God for the little things that we think God did. The coincidences, the little, the little uh, tidbits that, that are there. And, well, that worked out well. Uh, lucky me. And we'll give credit to God. Right? No, no, no. No, that, that, that's not it. It's, if, we, if we genuinely want to be righteous, it means that our life primarily depends on God. See, Malcolm Gladwell wrote in his book, Talking to Strangers, he wrote about people's trust being sometimes unintentionally opening themselves up to betrayal depending upon where they place their trust. The implication, when trust is placed in humanity, we are always open up to betrayal. When trust is placed on God, you're never open to betrayal. It's so important to understand this because humanity has to recognize that our ultimate trust must be placed in Jesus. Otherwise, we're going to be perpetually disappointed over and over and over again. We'll always be disappointed. It shouldn't be a shock when a human betrays you. It shouldn't be a shock when a human lets you down because we're sinful. We think of ourselves before other people. We want to satisfy self before we satisfy anybody else. It's And with that mentality, it's going to always disappoint somebody. And so we can't place our trust primarily on humanity. We must place our trust primarily on the Lord. And so when we read Psalm 146, and this psalmist says, do not put your trust in princes, this is much more than just powerful political figures in our life. This is much more than governmental leaders. This is much more than these big high dollar people. It's way more than that. Because you know we can misplace our trust of people in the church too. Did you know that? We can misplace trust and put our trust in people in the church to the point that human failure can push you to turn away from Jesus altogether. Because humanity will always disappoint. And if our trust is in a church and a, a people, our trust is primarily in a people, the people will disappoint. And if we're not careful, it will, it will, human failure will turn you away from Jesus. Not human failure turning you away from humans. Human failure turn you away from Jesus. That's why there is a growing trend of people in our country, in our world, that love Jesus, but they won't be a part of a church. They won't be a part of a church. They've misplaced their trust. And they're robbing themselves of community. They're robbing themselves of the visual examples of Jesus in their life through a community of believers where Jesus is saving lives over and over and over again. Now, here's the thing I'm not saying. It doesn't mean that we should just look at the church and say, you know what, it doesn't really matter. No, 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 no. No, the church should definitely be held accountable. There are things that the church needs to be held accountable for. However, while you should hold the church accountable, you shouldn't lose faith in the good news when the church fails to live it out. This is an important piece. 
And it's not sitting here, again, I'm not saying that anything goes. I'm just saying, if you are expecting the church to be perfect, like God is perfect, if you're expecting the church to tell the story of Jesus perfectly, like Jesus told the story of Jesus, you are forever going to be disappointed. Forever. There's no chance that the church is going to be able to get that right. And if you're not careful, it's going to put a bad taste in your mouth about Jesus altogether. Because trust me, Lone Ranger Christianity does not work. It's not how we're built. We're built relational. We need to be part of a community of believers where we see God do things as things rise and fall and sin happens and there's healing and there's forgiveness and there's, there's healed there's, there's healing from past hurts and all of that kind of stuff. We got to live that out together. If you give up, you're robbing yourself of those things and you're robbing the world of the stories as well. We all need Jesus. But the reality is when people fail to live out God's mission, it's not God's fault, it's their fault. So here's the question. Where have you placed your trust? Where's your primary trust? Is it in humanity or is your trust primarily in divinity? Where's your trust? Because if it's been in humanity, my guess is your freedom's been limited. You've been hearing the stories of this life in Jesus that's freeing and all that kind of thing. My guess is if you're not experiencing that, your trust is probably a little more in humanity than it needs to be. You're just perpetually you know, just kind of questioning, you know, this message of Jesus. He's come to give life and give it abundantly. And you're kind of going, no, that's not my story. Chances are it's because you're letting people taint Jesus's message. You're putting a little too much trust, a little too much faith in humanity and not enough trust and not enough faith in how God is at work in ways we can't see through the very people who know not what they do. It's an interesting test, isn't it? Human power and authority are unreliable. It's just all there is to it. But God's good news is the true source of freedom to all who put their trust in him. You get set free from human disappointment because you know humans are unreliable. But God, God is always reliable. You can always trust in the Lord Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, deeply know God. It says acknowledge him. The idea is to deeply know God. How do you deeply know someone relationally? You spend time with, you work through the highs and the lows. Deeply know God and he will make your path straight. Bottom line is trust in the Lord, he'll make your path straight. That's how it works. He's gonna have to help you release humanity without giving up hope in humanity. We want, we want humanity to do well. Yes, we want to tell the story of Jesus through humanity, but we are never surprised when we're disappointed by humanity because we're trusting in God, the reliable source, rather than trusting in humanity, the unreliable source. See, God is the one who brings freedom. Not your husband, not your wife, not your parents, not your kids, not your boss, not your coworkers. God's the one who brings freedom. And God may use people to bring freedom in your life. But maybe we must always understand 
God is the one who brings freedom. Because if we look at a person and go, you're the one who brought me freedom, you have to understand that's not them at all. It's not them. That may be a tool that God has used to get to you. But if you put your trust in that person, I promise you, it will not end well. Promise, it will not end well. But when we put our trust in the Lord and we lean on our own understanding of how it works on this earth, our path gets made straight. So we're gonna finish up today with these words. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna read the life that is lived, trusting God fully. Are you ready for it? Verses five through nine, and we'll finish up with verse 10. Ready? Blessed or happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Happiness, blessing, is through God of Jacob. Lord, Yahweh. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. This is an important place for us to stop and pause for just a moment. This idea, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, everything in them. Please understand, God created all of that out of nothing. He created all of that out of nothing. Anything that anybody can create to bring hope to you has to come from something that's already created. But God created out of nothing. Why in the world would we trust a person who has to create something for us out of something that already exists that's been created by God rather than we're just gonna trust God who is the one who created out of nothing. God can then do anything at any time in our lives. Humanity can't do that, but God can. God upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The implication is a prisoner of sin. That we get enslaved by our selfishness and our self-reliance and we're, we're, we're just, and we're wondering why we just can't figure out what to do next. Well, it's because we're trusting ourselves. It's because we're trusting our neighbors, because we're trusting a mom or a dad, or we're trusting, rather than going to the Lord and asking and then letting humanity confirm what we're hearing from God. That's where hope really lies. See, God sees when we can't. Proof in my life, Samaya, Nariah, and sincere. God saw something I couldn't see. God saw something Rachel couldn't see, our family couldn't see. God sees when we can't see. Verse eight, the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. He frustrates the ways of the wicked. And then we end with this praise statement, the Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, Praise the Lord. Here's the question. Verses five through 10, verses five through nine. Is this us? Is this our story? Is this the story that we share with the people that we're in relationship with? The story of God being the maker of heaven and earth, the one where our hope really lies, where we've been set free, true freedom here on this earth, where we see the world through the eyes of God the Father, his son Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're able to see humanity for what humanity is. We're able to see God for who God is. Is that our story? Because that's the story we need to perpetuate. That's the story we need to tell where I can't understand, but I know who does. And I'm not sure how this is gonna play out. It feels really bad right now. But I know in some form or some fashion, it's going to play out differently differently. 
than the way I feel right now. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down, loves the righteous, watches over, frustrates the ways of the wicked, is self-reliant, frustrates the ways of the self-reliant. Yeah, is this our story? Where is our trust? Where does it rest? Are we a good news people? Do we share this good news about how we can look at humanity and we cannot expect humanity to bring the hope and to bring the trust that God will but it also doesn't mean that we have given up on humanity. Is that our story? Is that how this plays out? Do we need to repent of trusting in things or people over God? That's a question during this Lent season. Tonight, has it been revealed that maybe perhaps your trust has been a little bit more in people than it is in the Lord? And we need to kind of get those things right. Because you've just been perpetually disappointed over and over and over again by people. And it made you question, well, God, why is that? Hmm. Do we need to repent on giving up on the gospel because of human betrayal? That's a big one. Where you spend time thinking, man, I am totally guilty of giving up on the good news of Jesus because that person. And I've always blamed God that if that person is doing that, where was God in all that? God must not care about me. God must not love me. God must not want the best for me because see what he let happen in my life. No, there's repentance for that because that's the person, not God. Do we need to repent of trusting in freedom as defined by our world? What the definition of freedom is here on this earth, do we need to repent of that as opposed to trusting in the freedom as defined by God? These are big questions. And so as we finish up, our trust, we gotta make sure that it's in the Lord. First and foremost, the priority of trust is in God because God is where our path is made straight. We can trust that, we can take that, and the result of that is freedom. It's true freedom. Freedom in suffering, freedom in success, freedom in, in, in little, freedom in a lot. It's freedom because we're seeing things with biblical eyes, with God-centered eyes. And y'all, that's good news. This is the true good news of Jesus, the true good news of God. And so can we be a good news people? Because that's what we long to be. So let's let this be our story this week. Father, we love you and we praise your name today. Lord, we know that we can only see a portion. And Lord, we know that yes, you have given us this incredible blessing of people here on this earth that yes, we find an immense amount of joy and the fact that you've placed people in our lives for such a time as this to tell stories and to help us. See. But Lord, may we not misplace the fact that our trust can't be in them, but our trust is in their creator. Our trust can't be in their ability to rescue us, but our trust must be in your ability to rescue. Our trust can't be in the fact that it, rescue by defined by us, but may we see that over the course of time, we're able to then see what you've seen all along. And so, Lord, if we've messed up and we've prioritized people, we've made an idol out of people, rather than prioritizing you, Lord, may we make that right tonight. And Lord, may we be able to see that we genuinely can trust you 
above all. Lord, you have our best interest in mind. Lord, you see our future. Lord, you make our path straight. And so, Lord, may we do everything we can to trust you, you alone. And Lord, the way you long for people in our lives to navigate affirming that trust, we trust you with that. We love you, Lord, and we praise your name. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen.